Hey, this is Consumed. I'm Scott Porch. On today's show, director Doug Lyman and actress Maddie Hassan talk about the new thriller series Impulse that premieres today on YouTube Premium and YouTube TV. The series is set in the same universe as Lyman's 2008 film Jumper, but it's more grounded and more psychological than the sci-fi film. Actor Keegan-Michael Key also has a pivotal but short cameo in the film that was shot in an ice-cold outdoor tank near Toronto that we'll talk about later in the interview. Well, Doug Lyman and Maddie Hassan, I really appreciate you talking to me. I've seen the first couple of episodes uh, of the series. I, I want There was a couple of things I wanted to get out of the way first. Uh, one thing that's in the news. Doug, are you directing Cannonball Run for Warner Brothers? I mean, I'm developing it. To, to direct, yes. And is that from the Tom Lennon and Ben Grant script, or are you probably going to start over? Is this something you would probably put in motion to shoot this year? You know, we're, we're just starting to, to work on the script. I mean, anything I get involved in, I, I pretty much uh, remake it, you know, in, in my own, you know, try to make it something that personally speaks to me. You know, you look at the uh, impulse and, you know, compare the, the novel it's based on to the series. It's uh, the, the series is way darker. Uh, Maddie Hassan plays a character that's, you know, way more of an anti-hero than the, than the, the, the teenage heroine in, in impulse, the, the novel. So, you know, you could imagine them when you look at cannibal run that, you know, it's going to, it's going to speak to me personally, you know, it's not something where I'm just going to get handed the script and go shoot it. The other thing I wanted to get out of the way at the top, at, at, at risk of embarrassing myself, is to say that I have seen Swingers probably 40 or 50 times. I, other than Waiting for Guffman, I, I don't know of another movie I've seen more times than, than I've seen uh, Swingers. Very meaningful at a, 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 a particular period in my life when that movie came out and uh, I, I think an awful lot uh, of that movie. Go, though, is the movie that's come up on this podcast a couple of times already. It came up uh, with John August uh, when he was on a couple of months ago and, and came up uh, a couple of weeks ago with, with uh, Alex Rickenbach with his new movie, uh, Abiza, that I, he was not familiar with Go, but I, I, I told him in the interview, I thought it reminded me a lot of Go, and he, he said that several uh, people involved in the the, the movie had told him that. So I, I guess I wanted to ask about visual sensibility, uh, f- first of all, from, from those two movies at the very beginning of your career uh, to now. How, what do you think the arc of your, of your visual sensibility has been? Uh, you know, it comes from the material. I, I'm not sure I've, I've had a, an arc other than I try never to repeat myself. So, uh, you know, it rules out, you know, maybe a, a visual look I've already done. Um, and then, you know, so much of the visual look comes from kind of the material and, and where you end up deciding to shoot it. And, and you know, it's one of the things I kind of love about film is that it's, it's uh, you know, in TV shows and anything where you're in production, it's, it's, like, it's like a living, breathing thing. You know, if, if Maddie hadn't come in to audition for, for Impulse, the show would just have been radically different. Um, and, you know, and who knows, maybe, you know, she decided to go on a romantic jaunt, you know, that week that we were doing auditions and then, you know, like life would be different. So there's so many variables, you know, 
it snowed, you know, when we were shooting Impulse. So suddenly that's the look for the show, you know, and it, it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm somebody who, who embraces, you know, the unknown. There's, there's other filmmakers, uh, you know, I work with a second unit director. He shot lists everything. And no matter what happens in the world, he shoots his shot list. You know, it could be raining. There could be the most beautiful rainbow, you know, over in this direction. And if he plans to shoot a different direction, he's not going to budge. Whereas, you know, I, I like taking advantage of the, the, the unexpected things that happen um, and embracing them. And they, they end up, you know, having a, a pretty big impact on the visual look, uh, you know, and then obviously the material does go was going to have a specific look because it was connected to the rave culture and, and uh, the, you know, I was and, and for impulse, I was I wanted to capture, you know, small town America. And, and, you know, there was a certain color palette that was just going to come with that. Uh, you brought up the audition. Maddie, tell me about the audition. Did you talk to a casting person first or did you come in with with Doug and, and, and other producers from the very beginning? Oh, no, I'm I'm not a big deal. So I audition. <laughs> yeah. And then I I do another meeting called a callback with producers. And then if you're very lucky, you do a screen test. And the more of these things you do, the closer and closer you get, the more and more nervous you get. So by the time the screen test rolled around, I was shaking. And after I got into the car and I was like, didn't get it, didn't get it. No way I got it. So I messed it up. You know, and and she just blew us away, uh, and and that doesn't happen often. You know, it's, it, I've been lucky that it's happened to me. It happened, you know, in Swingers. Uh, it happened when you know, I didn't know when I cast Matt Damon in Born. You know, he was. I, I had an inkling, but you know, you just don't know. And then, uh, you know, it's he obviously was was amazing and embodied that character. And, and it's, you know, he, you know for Henry, the character of Henry, Maddie just came in and, you know, it was, I, for impulse, you know, I was going back to the same book series that the jumper was based on my movie jumper. And, and, you know, my mandate for myself was to do something that was more personal, you know, and, uh, smarter and more personal. Uh, but I didn't really have an answer for how I was going to do that. I just had kind of a, a mandate for myself. And when Maddie came in, that's when it clicked, and I was like, "Aha! That's I, that's when I finally finally saw the roadmap of of, of what I was going to do with Impulse." Did you approach casting? And I guess this would be sort of for both of y'all and Maddie for you at, at at the point where you started to get involved. Did you approach casting as finding the right actor and personality and kind of retrofitting some of the characteristics and 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 the script around that person or? were you looking for a person that you had in your head from, from the script? I mean, personally, I workshop my characters. So the casting and the, and the writing of the character go hand in hand. You have an idea of who the character is and then actors come in and, uh, and then it's on who you cast. You then write specifically to them and you, you know, you're doing rehearsals and even after you start shooting and you're like, Oh, this, this works really well and, and, oh, that doesn't work. And, 
you know, and, and hopefully you're in a situation like we were with Maddie where, you know, she was, she was doing things. And, and one thing that she could do is I could make the character really dark and you still root for her. Uh, and that, that's what Matt Damon brought on, on Born Identity. So I was able to give him a much darker past than if I had cast Russell Crowe. Um, you know, who you, if you, Russell Crowe had done the things in his past that Matt Damon, that, that, that character did, you might not root for him because he doesn't bring the same kind of sort of likability that Matt does. And, and, and for Maddie, you know, I wanted Henry to be a really troubled teen. And, you know, I've always, I'm very interested in antiheroes and very flawed characters, you know, and it's when you're talking about a 16 or 17 year old girl, you know, figuring out what flaws she was going to have uh, and, and make them, make them really biting uh, and then give her a lot of, of trauma um, to have to, to cope with that would be honest for what teenagers cope with today. It may be because I've seen it so much more recently, but I thought more about Tom Cruise and American Made than I did um, Matt Damon from the Bourne movies. Uh, does that sound like a, a similar uh, uh, thing to what you're talking about, or was that a little different? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, uh, I mean, that actually, uh, you know, I, I really love doing anti-heroes and... Uh, you know, Tom is in, you know, both in, in, in Edge of Tomorrow and American Made, you know, it's sort of an unabashed anti-hero. And, and in the case of Impulse, you know, Henry is, is you know, he, you know, the first time you, you, you meet her on screen, she's breaking the law, you know, and it's, and it doesn't get better from there. Maddie, how was that in your audition? Did you read for a scene where you were being a juvenile delinquent, or was it more of a personal scene? Or, um, you know, when I auditioned, the script was very, very different than uh, the pilot turned out, um, and I can't. I think, and the reason it's different is because she auditioned, and we're like, she has to be in the show, and if we're going to cast her. And we're going to make use of, of, of what she brings to the screen. With, 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 um, then I, I wanted the character to be darker, more rebellious, stronger, smarter. Uh, and we really reconceived the show um, around Maddie. The show is much more grounded than what I was expecting from uh, Jumper, much more of a show that feels like it's happening in a, a, a real world than in this sort of quasi sci-fi world with the paladins and the jumpers all running all over the place. Is that particularly for that first episode or a couple of episodes, were, were you conscious of, of grounding a, a, a reality? I mean, you mentioned having a small town um, um, as the, as the backdrop for the show. Yeah. I just thought, you know, superpowers, you know, are in a way, you know, connected to, you know, especially when they, they happen to teenagers, you know, they're, they're connected to, you know, all the different awakenings you have as you sort of go from being a child to becoming an adult. And I didn't want to do a world where people had answers, where somebody says, oh, you now have the ability to teleport and here's all the rules and here's how it works. Because life 
isn't like that. Like certainly not my life, you know, as I was saying, I, I want to do something really deeply personal, you know, even though it sounds crazy, we're talking about a heroine who's a 16 year old girl, you know, how could, how could that possibly be deeply personal? But I mean, Jason Bourne was deeply personal to me. It's, it's, I find ways to connect to the material and the characters, even if I don't in any way, even if on the surface, on the superficial level, they don't feel connected. And so, uh, you know, there's a, a real, um, a real connection to, to Henry and her struggles. Um, and I, I really wanted somebody, I was interested in the idea of, of somebody getting a superpower who, who maybe, you know, whose moral compass isn't necessarily aligned in the right direction and, and, and maybe stays, uh, you know, unaligned for a while, you know, kind of, I, I kind of like the idea of, of not knowing at the end of the day, are you watching the origin story of a villain or a hero? Without giving too much away, there there is a sexual assault early in the series that plays in a way that didn't strike me as familiar at all. It did not feel like a like a high school TV drama. It did not feel like a, a horror movie. I'm I'm not even exactly sure what to call it. I, could could the, the the two of you sort of start at the beginning of that shooting day and tell me what that day was like? Um, well, I think it, it doesn't play in the way that you're speaking because we wanted it to be as real as possible. Um, because, you know, unfortunately, people get assaulted all the time. High school students get assaulted all the time. Um, and, and, and the reason you can make it as real as, as we make it is because you, you have the veil of, of this, the sci-fi, you know, veneer over the whole show. So it, it, it that sort of that enables you to sort of get in and do something that's, that's way more biting and, and strong and sharp. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, you asked what the shoot day was like, there actually were two shoot days. ...to watch as what you eventually see. Um, and I sort of liken it to, I took, you know, in college, I took a studio art class, you know, where they, you know, they give you the easel and a charcoal and they bring in nude models. And the first day we did that, you know, and you're trying to draw this model and you know, I get to her, her private parts and I just took the charcoal and turned it sideways and did a big smudge. And the teacher came over and said, what, what the hell are you doing? Like, you got to draw everything. You can't just like, that part makes you uncomfortable. So you just do a smudge with the charcoal and move on. In a way, when I first shot the assault scene, I had done like the sort of smudge of charcoal because it made me uncomfortable. And when the show got picked up to series and we brought in a really strong female showrunner, Lauren LaFranc, who, who comes from not, she hadn't been a showrunner before, but she had worked on a Marvel series. And um, one of the first things she said is, you know, we need to go back to that assault scene. And, and she was supposed to be writing the subsequent episode. And she was like, I want you to reshoot the assault scene. I want you to shoot additional materials. Um, and, so we we had a reshoot to go back into that scene and between Maddie and, and Lauren, you know, I was forced as a filmmaker to confront things that made me really, really uncomfortable. But you know what? Growing up as a woman 
you have to think about being assaulted way more than a man ever has to think about it. I don't want to think about it. I know you don't. But I mean, growing up, me growing up, my mom was like, don't walk home alone by yourself. Don't be in a parking lot by yourself. You might get raped. You know, that's something I've been thinking about since I probably turned 12. So I think that's also part of the reason why Lauren, her genius, you know, included, but her being a woman coming in, I think uh, really helped because she had a full up understanding of, no, this changes your whole life. This is going to change Henry as a character moving forward. You know, I thought I was going like just a little bit deep, you know, because in in the novel, she teleports, the character teleports because she's caught under an avalanche. And I was like, I want to do something more grounded and real. Yeah. Which, and I thought, you know, that the, the assault scene was sort of connected to that for me, but in Lauren's hands and, and Maddie's hands, it became the thing that underpins the whole series. It's not like, Oh, she's assaulted in the first episode. And then now she's off fighting crime. No, that forever for the whole series, you know, for her whole life as a character, you know, her ability to teleport and her having been assaulted are inexorably linked. And it's not something that you easily sort of forget or move on from. And, and it connects to the fact that, that teleportation for Henry is more of a curse than a gift. It's very interesting what's happening right now. And, you know, two or three other instances I can think of, of very grounded, gritty TV shows uh, depicting, you know, very real things that are happening that we're talking about now that we didn't necessarily talk about a couple of years ago or, or, or or five years ago. And, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, the way uh, Luke Cage was treated in prison during the first season of that show and, and Jessica Jones dealing with the sort of similar assault issue. There's a, you know, I don't know if you've seen the first episode of, of Cloak and Dagger that, uh, um, premieres uh, later this week, but the, there's a young black man shot twice in the chest uh, in that pilot. I mean, I think these are things that have been happening for years, but they didn't used to even be talked about really that much, much less a- appear in TV shows. What, I mean, what changed? Is Was it the decision makers that changed? Was there a, a willingness to, to depict these things that changed? I think I think people just want to speak out more, you know, both, you know, you know, you see young people speaking out, you know, like, you know, about issues that are important to them. I think that's I think we're all, uh, you know, things sort of happen just sort of in the zeitgeist. So, you know, you know, this show was, you know, conceived of and shot before the Me Too movement. But, you know, its origins are all in the same place of, of hey, these things are, are important to us and we want to talk about them and we want to put them on screen. And, and I think that impulse isn't all that different than somebody who's not a filmmaker who still wants to talk about it and instead they do an interview or they get up in front of a rally. Yeah, and I think, I think, the, I think film and TV is a powerful tool for change and it's a... Uh, 
successful and interesting kind of way because it does have that veil of science fiction to make it sort of easier to learn about and digest because you're in this sort of fantasy world, but it's very, very much grounded in reality and real painful and, things. Are and happening. even this assault, you know, I'm, I come from a place where, you know, my, my work, I don't really have villains and heroes, you know, cause I have, it's for me, it's all shades of gray and, you know, for Henry, you know, what I wanted to do once we, cast Maddie, as I said, you know, really felt like we could go dark with this character, but, you know, that's got to come from someplace. So we, we created a way more screwed up family life for her, you know, where her mom is toting her around, you know, from town to town, depending on who the mother's dating and, you know, really not the kind of stable environment with a father who's MIA, not the kind of stable environment that's going to maybe lead to, you know, it's the kind of environment that leads to the character Henry has become, which is, you know, breaking the law, rebellious, doesn't really want to fit in, you know, doesn't fit in and doesn't want to fit in. Um, and, uh, you know, but on the flip side, you know, the assault didn't takes two. And, and I didn't want the person who's assaulting her, Clay Boone, to, to just be somebody who, you know, came out of the womb evil. You know, the same way that Henry, we sort of start to explore how she became the way she became because she is really dysfunctional. Um, I wanted to to really not not to excuse Clay Boone's actions, but I wanted to explain how 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 a guy um, gets to the level of, of self entitlement where they think it's okay to 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 rape somebody, and so that sort of leads to uh, you know his whole family storyline uh, and. And then I'm interested in, in those characters and, and how they sort of have what happens between them after the pilot when, you know, she mortally wounds him uh, as she's teleporting away from the assault. This show is premiering, I guess it's just premiered within the last uh, couple of hours as we're talking on, on Wednesday afternoon on YouTube Premium. Uh, YouTube's putting up the first three episodes i think to view for free three, yeah. then you'd have to subscribe to see the others i guess M maddie you're in your early 20s what is what is youtube for somebody your age that there's basically always been a, a, a youtube in your young to adult life i mean how do you look at a platform like that as a, a place to watch a tv show I mean, I, to me, it makes perfect sense because YouTube is where you go to watch everything else. I mean, even if you're on another website. Sorry, some TV shows coming on in the background. <laughs> even if you're on another website, if you want to watch a video, you see that red little play button and it's going to take you to YouTube. It's the second most visited website after Google um, and it's owned by Google. So to me, it makes perfect sense for that to be the next step for them. And I think impulses, I mean, not to be too confident, but I only have one small part in the show. I think it's the perfect, perfect show to, you know, help take them to that dramatic place that they want to go and they absolutely can and should go. That's more than a small part. You're you're in almost every scene of the two episodes that I've seen. Yeah, but like I didn't cut and edit it, and I'm not like a direct. I didn't write it. You know what I mean? There were a lot of there's a I I wouldn't be doing it well if it 
weren't already incredibly good. Uh, Cobra Kai, I guess it's been a month or so now, when it premiered, was the first, I think YouTube TV or, or YouTube um, Premium had had several originals before uh, uh, Cobra Kai, but Cobra Kai was the first one to really be received like a TV show on, you know, NBC mm -hmm. or Netflix or Hulu or anything else. What did both of you knowing that your show was coming up next, have any particular reaction to seeing the reception of Cobra Kai? Um, it's definitely like lovely and wonderful to see because, you know, we want to support all the shows that are on YouTube premium because we're on it. But it's not a surprise, you know. Um, I think, again, it's the perfect platform for something like Impulse and something like Cobra Kai and many more cool and interesting shows to come that I'm sure they have ready right now. Doug, what's your thoughts about YouTube versus TV versus theatrical premieres, just sort of watching the world change over the last 10 years? Um. Well, first of all, you know, I don't think anyone cares anymore what what where where the content comes from. Uh, you know, it used to be, you know, when I started doing TV with like the OC, you know, it was important that we were on Fox because we 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 were at 9 p.m. and we followed a, a, a lead in show that delivered an audience to our show. I think that 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 world doesn't it is not uh, as, as important anymore. Um, and personally, for me. YouTube's become such an integral part of, of my filmmaking because I am interested in doing honest, uh, honest filmmaking. And there's nothing more honest than, than the stuff you see on YouTube. And so, especially when it comes to action, uh, you know, I don't, I don't look at, you know, Marvel movies and be like, how do I top that? I go and look at clips on YouTube where people have filmed themselves doing crazy daredevil stunts and you're like, shit, that's real. And it, and it takes your breath away. And I'm like, I want to, I want to, I want to try to one up that. So YouTube has really been a part of, of my filmmaking for a number of years. And, and it, for what we wanted to do with impulse, it was the perfect home. And it's the only place we ever talked to about doing the show. It's not like we, we shopped at other places. We went, the first place we ever talked to was YouTube. You know, it just had these, I don't know, charmed is the right word, because God knows this is a huge amount of work. It's sort of too much, too much work to say it was, because for me, charmed would be easy. Charmed would be like, it just, everything just falls into place and it's easy, but on, on but it, it, in a way, you know, there's only one actress we ever considered, and it was Maddie. There's only one network we ever considered talk to was YouTube. So some of these big decisions, you know, it just was obvious what it, what it should be. Uh, the first two episodes open on set pieces. I assume that's something you continue in, in later episodes. The first one was really interesting. There's a, an, an actor who looks a lot like Keegan Michael Key in the opening. And I looked it up later and, would you would you know it was Keegan Michael Key? How how did how did that uh, uh, come together that he would play such a small role in a in a in a piece like this? Um, he's a really good friend, Keegan, and uh, we just talked about it. He said, "Oh, that he thought that'd be you know really fun." <laughs> uh, 
little did he know we would drag him up to Toronto and, and in the middle of winter, you know, and he's half naked in the snow, you know, because we're, we're simulating the, the Arctic, um, including putting him in the water. Um, and he, I, he was such a trooper, Keegan, you know, cause we even, we put him in the tank outside cause I, 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 I'm a real stickler for visual effects. You know, I want them to look real. I don't, I don't want it to look like Marvel. It was like this, the world is so grounded. It means when we're doing visual effects, we have a really high bar to make it look real. And that means, you know, if you're putting somebody in the water in a tank and it's supposed to be outside, you have to shoot it outside, even though it's like 10 degrees out Fahrenheit. Uh, and they, uh, and I told the, the effects people, for the tank, I said, you have to put cold water in the tank. <laughs> um, and they're like, but, but Keegan-Michael Key's going in the tank. And I said, I know, but if you put warm water in the tank, there'll be steam. Uh, you have to put cold water. And He's sure enough, really we... really good friend. Yeah, and sure <laughs> enough, we show up, and the damn thing is steaming because they put hot water in to make it comfortable for Keegan-Michael Key because, you know, they're like, he's a big star and... And I'm like, you don't understand, like, this is, I, it needs to be cold. So while Keegan was in the tank, I was, like, grabbing huge chunks of ice and throwing them into the tank with him, oh, like, trying to no. cool the I saw an interview, and, I saw an interview with the creators of AMC's The Terror, which was also shot or, or set in kind of this glacier uh, uh, type area and almost all of that show was done on a stage. How, where did you shoot the, the, the exterior standing on the glacier sort of scenes? Was that out in actual snow or was, was that on a stage? Yeah, it was in, no, it was in Toronto. It's all outside. If you, if, for me, if there's daylight, it has to be outside. Yeah. So we, we, we shot it in Toronto. You know, I like going to the real place. You know, if we had had more time, I, I would have taken, you know, Toronto's already north. I'm like, we could just get in the plane and just fly north a few hours and and get to the Arctic Circle. Uh, that that would have been my my instinct, but um, Sandra Mines prevailed and budget prevailed. He was a predator, so the the, <laughs> the conversation about taking him to the Arctic Circle uh, ended pretty quickly. And Maddie, you're in some interesting sort of effect scenes as the the series goes on. Was this your your first experience doing those kinds of of scenes? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and she was just bitching to me, or complaining to me about how long <laughs> that scene in the bathroom took. And... I was. I bitch. I bitch about everything. The whole. <laughs> I've been bitching to him all day. Actually, I don't know about that, but. Uh... It takes um, forever. That it stuff. does take forever, and sometimes it's hard. It's hard to orchestrate. There's this scene that we did that he's talking about in the bathroom where I I teleport out of the school bathroom. And because we in, in this show um, like to do physical effects and VFX because it makes it look really real and it gets that gritty effect that Doug wants, it can sometimes be hard to sort of because uh, then the actors are reacting to it on yeah. the set and it's. It makes it a thousand times better, but that scene took um, the better part of a day for sure. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you talking to me. It's it's been an interesting uh, series to watch these first couple episodes. I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, getting through the rest of the series. And all all ten episodes are 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 going up today. Is that right? They are. They're all up. Yeah. Well. Uh, 
good luck on the uh, series and and uh, uh, d- discussions about picking it up for a uh, second season. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, we, we're we're really excited because the the uh, like the coolest idea I had for the whole thing, we decided to save for season two. So there what better be a idea? season two. Will you tell me when we're off I will, the phone? I will tell you when we're off the phone. Okay. We can't talk to you about it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot. It's great to talk to you.